0: Welcome back. We have a fun show for you guys today. Julie has created a masterful presentation. We're going to be helping you answer the top three questions that you get from consumers. Um, So these are questions that you're going to get all the time, and we're going to give you ways of answering the questions in such a way that they satisfy whoever asked you, and you generate business from it. So get ready to take great notes um, and also, thank you for those of you who emailed me your homework from yesterday's podcast, with regards to the uh, things that you know that should be taking priority in your life, and your business specifically. I'll challenge all of you to expand on that and um, do the same thing for your personal life. Do the same thing for your health. Um, you know, all these exercises are designed to help you focus your mind and really remember, or at least reconnect with. What's most important to you as far as what you're trying to accomplish? The visualization that Julie and I always use to kind of like take your mind out of the presence and think forward is like six months from now, if you're literally sitting on a beach someplace and you're thinking back about the accomplishments from the previous six months or you know, previous year, however you want to frame it. What is it that you want to be most proud of? And if you ask yourself that question, if you think about yourself physically in that environment where you feel the sand between your toes and the, you know, just whatever, however you, know, you need to romanticize that, uh, that image, the point of it is is to answer the question as if you were there. So if you were asked six months from now, what are the things that you want to be most proud of having accomplished the previous six months, what will those things be? I think that's a very interesting uh, thought for some of you, and I'm going to share another um, a, a little summary of a coaching call I had yesterday. It was with a podcast listener, and he emailed me. he wasn't expecting me to get back as often as the case, and not only did he get back did I get back with him, but I also gave him a link so he could talk with me because he had some specific questions and um, I'm going to summarize how I uh, helped him get past feeling overwhelmed. Here was somebody that uh, was very capable, very successful. He works as part of a team. He sells about 40 houses a year. Um, Definitely a personal, nice, easy to talk to, sweet guy. Had uh, you know more than one child. I know he's listening, so I don't want to give away too much. Um, he he was the sole uh, earner in the family, and his problem was is that just, with all of the commission split and referral fees and all these other Mickey Mouse charges uh, that he was essentially paying out because he was buying leads, because he was paying his broker a huge sum of the you know large percent of the split. All these sort of mistakes that we always tell you guys not to do. Even though he was uh, you know, selling 40 houses on average per year, financially he was just getting by um, because the, in his market, the average sale price was $250,000, and he figured out that on some of his deals he was barely making 25%. And some of you, if you were to ever sit down and do the math, you'd figure out the same thing. But here was his problem, and I think all of you guys can relate to it is he was afraid to make a change. He was afraid that, and the word is afraid. He was full of fear about um, what's going to happen if he leaves the team. Oh, he likes to consider himself a loyal person. Now he's leaving, considering leaving the team that makes him not feel like he's loyal. Oh, he has to then, you know, he's not going to buy buyer leads anymore. He's not going to pay these ridiculous referral fees anymore, or whatever you guys want to call them, but they really are at the end of the day referral fees. You know, he had all these you know, fearful-based thoughts about, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And, I just, and he was, his mind was going in a million different places, you know, the overwhelm thing like we talked about yesterday. And so here's what I asked him to do. I asked him, um, you know, this was the basic the, the genesis of the question. What was your Christmas like for you and your family last year? So I asked him. And he goes, well, it wasn't the greatest Christmas ever. It was, you know, so, okay, so how would you like to make this Christmas – the best Christmas ever, you know, months and six, seven months from now, how would you like to make that the best Christmas ever where you spoil your children, you spoil your wife, you know, that's what you, that's, it's something that everybody remembers forever. It's like a Dickens movie is what I'm saying. Like a, you know, some sort of classic, beautiful, ridiculous thing, all because basically you had wanted to make that happen and you've now got six or seven months to put that together. And he stopped, he just paused and he did you know we were on the phone but he the conversation had been pretty you know ongoing and he just stopped talking and um and his voice kind of dropped a, you know a couple octaves and i could tell emotionally he was attaching to that because he did not feel good about how the previous christmases have gone even though people in his real estate market considered him successful he was essentially not earning enough money to take care of his family in the way that he really wanted to and or could for that matter, and so I asked them this question because remember, I'm loyal to my broker, I was loyal to my team, and I'm fearful of having to learn how to generate my own leads. And I, da, 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 da. I said, Do you realize that you've put your family second in terms of what matters most? And and they goes, How do you mean? I said, Well, and then this is what I said, guys. So just understand, this is Julie and I don't fool around, okay? I said, You made a commitment when you got married in front of God, uh, you know, to. Uh, Essentially, you have a contract with your wife that it was made in church that you will pro- you will provide, that you will do certain things, that you will prioritize certain things in your life. And I said, right now, with the thoughts you just had, where, you were, where you're knowingly or have been knowingly choosing to be part of this brokerage where you didn't earn a lot of money but you were comfortable there, choosing to be part of this team where you were essentially not earning enough money because you were comfortable there and you had this sense of loyalty to the team – I said, you realize that you've put that sense of loyalty and your complacency and fear in front of the commitment you made to your wife and your family? And that's what really made the impact on him because then he got it. I said, so you need to use your commitment that you've already made to your wife and your family. That has to be your North Star. So when you're feeling fear and you're feeling all these misplaced senses of loyalty to businesses that will never feel the same way back towards you, I said, why is it – You know, remember – your family. Remember how it felt last Christmas when you know you weren't able to spoil them like you like to have. Imagine how it'll make you feel this year when you do the same thing. And then, basically, it wasn't just like magic, but in essence, like magic. He was able to understand. He cleared out his own clutter in his brain, and then the things that were holding him back, all the little mooring lines that were holding him to his dock, You know, he was starting to be willing to snip those things because he now had something that he could connect to that emotionally put everything else in the right order. And so that was, in essence, the same exercise that I did with all of you guys yesterday on the podcast I did with him on a coaching call, essentially trying to cut through your own sense of overwhelm and your own sense of really misplaced loyalty in some cases. Because what happens, guys, in real estate, and this happens in business, too, in general, but you are in business to make money. Obviously, you have to help people at a high level for you to make money. And you, your job is to make money. To That is the purpose of business. And so then a lot of you guys get into businesses, real estate practices, and small businesses in general, and your mind gets all screwed up. You, you get all focused on the wrong thing. And, you know, that is what the biggest plague is of the real estate business. I, I think this Friday we're interviewing um, uh, Steve Murray from Real Trends. And we're going to be talking about how unprofitable brokerages are and how unprofitable teams are. And I'm going to really drill down with him and we're going to, you know, you guys are going to hear somebody who is, I think, arguably the most um, credible source in the real estate industry when it comes to how to value um, real estate practices. In other words, this guy does as a business, he evaluates businesses, real estate practices for the sake of sale. You know he's been involved in some of the biggest real estate transactions and he's also helped to you know sell small brokerage and things like that that's what he does for a living so he's seen tons of these profit and loss statements and in essence he's seen how these businesses aren't really run by businesses uh, like businesses should be run so Chances are you're working in a brokerage or you're surrounded by people that are also living in this sort of fog, this malaise of thinking and not having their priorities set straight. But now that you've listened to Julie and I, and hopefully you're going to buy our book, Harris Rules, that's on Amazon. And there's other great books you can read too that we've mentioned on this podcast before. Get your head screwed on straight about what your North Star is. Get your head screwed on straight about what really truly matters to you. Or what should truly, really matter to you. And then look to all the things and the people and the thing, all just Mickey Mouse, that's essentially taking you off that path. And there's tons of things like that. Ego, fear, uh, sense of wanting to belong, wanting to feel important. You know, that's the whole team thing, really. All that stuff. What it does is it takes you off the true course, the true path that you originally set yourself to be on. And that is what you will regret when we're sitting on that beach together. Because six months from now, 12 months from now, we're sitting in that beach and you're looking and you maybe just listen to this podcast or maybe you're listening now and, you know, it's going to resonate with you later. You're going to regret staying off course for that long. He did and he's getting back on course. Julie, does this make sense?
1: It absolutely does. And you mentioned really the clarification of goals in these in each area and splitting it up you know when you do the mind dump, sometimes these things can collide some of the things on your list are personal some of them are business well that reminded me to remind you that all of this is also covered in the new book with regards to goals in five areas of life so if you really want to split it up and ask yourself what three to five things are most important in you know the physical category It's not 20 things. It's probably two or three just to get you really focused and give you some clarification on that with regards to family, to your point, speaking about your coaching client. Certainly finances are one. Um, Education is one. So you can split all those out, and we go into a lot of detail in the new book about exactly how to do that. We actually have a worksheet on how to fill this out and post it in your office, post it on your refrigerator, surround yourself with this so that you don't get off track. There's something about visual accountability that works so well. Yes, of course, you can spreadsheet everything out. But when all of your really drilled down five top things in these five categories are posted all around you, you can't escape that clarity. But you've got to come to terms with it and post it, and then you will be amazed. You know, our clients that do this, and you and I can attest to this, because we've done this for years, it's almost like you have to be careful what you wish for. Because when it, you surround yourself with that visual accountability, you will do it. It's almost magical how well it works. So that's what I was thinking as you were speaking.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but these things, when you real estate, this industry, really business in general, the more complicated it becomes, the more things you think are important, the less likely you are to have a profitable business because you're too distracted Um Unless you have a some sort of unusual talent or ability to do many things at a high level, which is you know, essentially being a polymath, and none of you are, I promise you, and I'm not, Julie's not, it's just an incredibly rare talent, your brain is never going to be able to do maybe one or two, maybe three things at the highest level, and when you look at the essence of anybody who's successful, truly successful at anything, they're not trying to do a billion different things at a high level. I mean, Elon Musk would be a freak, right? He's an outlier. But for the most part, when you look at the most successful, whoever types of people you admire, athletes, I don't know, maybe you admire actors, business people, whatever, you're going to see that they are really good at maybe three, five, three to five things, and that's it. And that's great. Just know what those three to five things are. And in real estate, it's so damn easy to know what they're supposed to be. It all is around taking listings. So if, you, if the only thing you ever really master in real estate is working with listings – knowing how to proactively regenerate the things we teach you as part of our, pro- our coaching program, then you'll be fine. You never have to learn how to work with a buyer. You can actually nowadays, you never even really have to learn how to close your own deals. You never have to learn how to even pound a real estate sign or install an e-key lockbox or blah, 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 or anything digital in website, loading this, doing the rest of it, because all that stuff is easily delegatable. It's simple. You can hire somebody, virtual assistants, there's so many good sources for you to you know, essentially delegate all that stuff, and just focus on your listing inventory. That's it. That's what we want you to do. That's your entire business, but you guys make it too damn complicated, and then your profits suck, and you wonder why you're not making any money, and you're wondering why we're sitting on that beach a year from now, and you're worried about money. You're thinking about the wrong thing. You're not actually present because you didn't listen. Listen, guys, we have made it simple for you to get on course and stay on course. We have created something called the Real Estate Treasure Map. We give that to you. It's your fill-in-the-blank business plan. But remember, Julie and I are very clear about what the purpose of our coaching organization is and very clear about what the purpose of your real estate practice should be, being of service to other people and making money. In order to do that, you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That is what we teach you to do. I want you to download a free copy of the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. And the simplest way for you to get that, and there's six other books we're going to give you when you do this as well, is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do that, you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with with one of our new member coaches. We typically have four to six openings a day. Um, So definitely want to do this immediately. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. You're going to get the books, and you're also going to be entitled to the free coaching call. So, Julie, let's get to our points.
1: Yes, so this comes up surprisingly often in Premier Coaching and even amongst our elite clients, and that is getting around with scripts, while not sounding like you're scripted, I I call it being out in the wild, you're out of your office, you're out of your home office, and you run into people who ask you some common questions about real estate. So these are questions and or conversations that you hear when you're out and about. The question for you to ask yourself is, are you a secret agent or are you a powerful focused approachable salesperson? So the most common questions that you'll get are number one, how's real estate? Number two, how's the market? And number three, how's business? Very common. Even amongst your past clients, people in your center of influence, you're standing in line at Target and somebody notices you're wearing your uh, real estate name badge. How's real estate? So here's a secret. Do wear your name tag, your branded shirt, your hat, something that shows that you're in real estate, and you'll get more questions about real estate. Now some of you are already freaking out. Well, that's why I don't wear my shirt. I don't wear my pin because I don't want to be on the spot talking about this stuff. Well, that's why we're doing this podcast. So let's start with how not to answer these most common questions. Here's the secret. Beware of answers that don't cause conversation that are all about you or are full of drama. For example, these are worst ways to answer. Number one, I'm going to go through these fairly quickly because most of you will feel some of this familiar. Number one, worst mistake is to not talk about real estate at all. No answer is your worst answer. That's called being a secret agent. Number two, uh, somebody asks you, how's real estate or how's business? Terrible mistake to say slow or great. These are equally as bad because they're one word answers and they generate little or no conversation. You guys do that sometimes just to get out of talking about real estate. Kind of counterproductive. Here's another one we hear all the time. I'm super busy. Now, that's great. Congratulations, but how does that translate to the other person? Are you too busy for them? Are you too busy to handle more? Are you coming unglued? Are you unstable? Don't say I'm super busy. Number four, I think this might be the favorite answer, at least amongst people out there doing their deals. I just had the craziest closing, the craziest seller, the craziest buyer, inspection, appraisal, or appointment, many flavors of this. Here's the thing, guys. Nobody cares about that. And you seem full of drama and ego to go on and on about your stressful situation. It's okay, sort of, to bring that to coaching calls because we can help you move through that and say next, but the person you're talking to out in the wild, you're just stressing them out. They got their own worries, so don't go into drama zone. Okay, number five. I can attest to this. I actually heard this when we were living in Las Vegas during the recession, okay, um, I heard this when I was in CVS, okay, phone rings, I hear it, person answers, I noticed they mentioned so-and-so with whatever real estate, so I perked my ears up, and I didn't hear what the person asked, but their answer was, oh, no, you definitely want to wait till spring, nothing sells in the winter here, and I just about crawled over the uh, allergy aisle <laughs> and wanted to shake this agent, what are you thinking, so don't say nothing happens in the winter, spring, summer, fall, ski season, school season, holiday season, Okay, that may be true that you're in a slow zone in your market, but don't come out with that before you find out what their motivation is. Maybe they just found out they got relocated and they have to be out of their house and move to their new house in the next 30 days. So it doesn't really matter to them whether something's slow or not. Okay, number six, it's a bad time to sell or a bad time to buy. Oh, you know, it's such a seller's market. You you don't want to buy right now. You want to wait till prices come down. Don't talk yourself out of helping people. And last but not least, when do you plan on selling? This has been out there for a long time, this kind of free script that's circulated. When do you plan on selling? This is way too direct for most people, and we have much more effective scripts that we teach you guys. So that's what not to do. What are the best answers to the two most common real estate questions? What's the the way to do this? Well, here's the secret to that. Use questions, which I'm sorry, use answers that cause conversation? And keep it all about being of service. What value can you provide? So here's some suggested answers, and then I'll pause, Tim, if you want to add some, and you can Timize this, but here's basically where you go with it. Real estate's great. What are you most interested in or curious about? Buying, selling, renting, or perhaps investing? You see, I'm asking questions to get the conversation going, about real estate. But I started out by saying real estate's great. I don't care if you just had the world's crappiest closing. They don't care. Real estate's great. You have to have energy and enthusiasm. People don't want to work with drama. They have enough of their own. Okay. Here's another answer. Real estate's wonderful. I've been very blessed to have helped so many people recently. Who do you know who could use my help buying or selling property? Who do you know? I just love referrals and working with friends and family of yours. Okay. Real estate's great. Are you curious about the market in general or about the value of your home currently? Okay. Staying on topic, not escaping and trying to exit the conversation as fast as possible, not talking all about you. All of those three mini scripts that I just gave you are focused on conversation and on the other person. Now, another secret to this is to use follow-up questions and drill down to dig deeper. Sometimes people don't come out with exactly their situation until you ask more questions so these are script starters that go like this tell me more about that and then listen paint me a picture or ideally how does this move work out for you timing wise okay another secret this is a pattern that you'll see when speaking with past clients people in your center of influence following up on leads receiving referrals so you can use all of what we did on today's podcast in a multitude of situations People want to work with other people who are enthusiastic, positive, focused on their needs, and are not full of ego. So when in doubt, and I know some of you guys maybe are a little socially awkward with this stuff because this is like social meets business type conversations. That's okay, but your default needs to be to make it all about them. Um, Howard Britton used to say, get into curiosity. And I think there's something to that, to be fascinated with the person that you're talking with and to get them to talk about themselves. Remember, they'll forget your exact scripting. They don't even know you're using a script, really, if you do this right. But they will remember how you made them feel. They'll remember that you are all about them and that you are interested in them and their needs. Anything you'd like to add to that, Tim? I kind of burned through that.
0: No, it's fine. The key to making all this work, though, is what Julie just said. And it's, by the way, the key to uh, befriending people in general is just Don't talk about yourself, and I know that's really super difficult, especially because the nature of how Westerners relate to each other. Um, It's a constant need for uh, just to tell people about your personal life, about your business, about your dog, about your – but guess what? Nobody cares. If you want to make it so that people love you, like you, look forward to seeing you, want to talk to you, want to be around you – Ask them questions and don't talk about yourself. Just try it. <laughs> I know. It, again, I know in life, in America, in, in most of the West of the world, you end up talking about yourself because you think you're being rude if you don't. In other words, they'll say, you know, it's like a, a game of, uh, you know, tennis, right? They talk, you talk. They talk, you talk. They talk, you talk. But what you're going to discover, the more you discover or the more you learn about uh, really, people that are seen as having that, lower, that sort of, a, you know, that that it factor, or when you read biographies or you hear people describing the characteristics of very successful people, you know, he walked or she walked into the room and everyone turned to them. All those types of reactions that you know, sort of people want to have when they're when they're relating to other people. Well, the reason those people have that level of appeal. Is because they ask questions they very rarely talk about themselves. So talking about yourself, you have to see it as a weakness. That's your ego wanting to express itself. And nobody wants to hear about you. And I know that's being harsh, but it's true. But everybody wants to talk about themselves. Everyone's favorite thing to talk about is themselves. So what you do is you get into the pattern of asking questions. Not like you're interrogating them, but you're showing sincere interest. And here's the other thing that's interesting – when you're in that mode, you're present. So when you're talking with someone and they're talking about whatever they're talking about, the, the conversation pattern that we teach you guys is called Ford, where first you talk to people about their family, then their occupation, then their recreation, then their dreams. And if you're socially awkward, as a lot of you are, you, know, you don't want to go in big crowds. You just want to sit in front of your computer all day and you go out and start talking with other people and you just don't know what to do, try asking questions about their family because in most cases – You're going to be able to just drill down and talk about people's families, and the topic will not have to meander to occupation. But it's not your job. Remember, listeners, stay out of the habit of talking about yourself. So when you run into somebody – Get in the habit of asking about them. Get in the habit of asking about their weekend. Get in the habit of asking how long they lived in the area. Get in the habit of asking how long their families have lived in the area. You know, where do they go for vacation or where do they – all those types of things. And get them talking because then when they – you're going to make them feel important, you see. They're going to feel good after having talked with you because you asked them questions and they were able to talk about their favorite topic, which is themselves. So when Julie was giving you it's those easy. points about the, yeah, it is easy and it's fun. And by the way, it's actually you'll find as uh, less stress because then you don't have to go back and you know think about what did you say or how did the conversation go, or you don't have to analyze it. You're just essentially asking people questions and getting to know them. You know there are people that Julie and I see every day that I, for sure, I've never talked about. They don't know Jack about Julie and I. They know nothing about us unless they, you know maybe connected with us on facebook or whatever. They don't know anything. They don't know we're authors. They don't know anything. <laughs> so what and the reason is isn't because I'm trying to be secretive, it's because I know that they don't really care. They just want to talk about themselves. And so when we walk into orange theory for example, there's people we see every day and they gravitate towards Julie or they gravitate towards me because I want to learn about them. I'm genuinely curious. I want to know about, you know, I made a friend the other day, a guy's a retired cop. I didn't realize you know, he was a retired cop, and now he's a detective, and we were talking about that. That was interesting to me, um, and you know, I didn't talk about myself. Now, if you're in real estate, it's going to come up, and all you'd have to do is you know, drop a little hint that you're in real estate, and then what you'll find is the conversation will naturally turn, and they'll start asking you questions about real estate. And then, again, don't go in and talk, start talking about yourself. Don't start talking about your team and start talking about your sales and start talking about your listings. Ask them questions about where they live. Ask them questions about why they chose to live there, what they like about it, those types of things. So ultimately, guys, when you're out and about, the, the one thing that technologists will never be able to replace is your ability to connect with people. That's the thing that they're not even going to try to compete with you on, but that's the ground. That is defensible ground for you to be to get really good at forming what ultimately will become a very strong center of influence and past client list, which is where all this goes. So when you're talking with people and you're befriending people and they're realizing they're somebody, that you're somebody that makes them feel good because you, you're always essentially asking them questions about themselves, letting them talk about what they want to talk about, and they listen and show sincere interest and ask questions about what you just said, those types of relationships will become very powerful for you when it comes to centers of influence and past clients. So don't just you know, give the typical answer that agents give when you get these types of questions. Think about what we said, and think about the long game here. And ultimately, obviously we're business coaches, and we're trying to help you to put your approach to conversations with folks in a way that's going to help spawn additional you know, future business. But really, beyond that, One of the uh, essentially the greatest predeterminants as to whether or not someone's going to have a long and healthy life is the number of strong relationships they have. So the more friends that people have, the longer people live and the healthier that they are. So by doing this, you're going to make a ton of friends, and you're going to make friends easier than you possibly thought. And if you are really honest with yourself, if you're somebody that doesn't have a lot of friends or has a tendency not to connect with people, it's because you talk about yourself and nobody wants to talk to you. You need to get in the habit of asking people questions about themselves and let them talk, and then everybody will want to be your friend. I know this stuff sounds kind of basic, but here's what happens as you get a little bit more older. You get more resolute. You see, I'm 49, right? I get it. I see coach, I see my coaching clients that are my age. you know They adopt the same pattern. They start believing what they believe is true and that there's no other way. Or, that's it. What I believe is true. This is how things are done. This is how people are supposed to say, think, act. Well, then you're just going to have your world get smaller and smaller and smaller, and because you've gotten to the point where you just essentially have resolved that this is the world, this is the little golden cage I've put myself in with regards to my thoughts, and this is the potent and then the potential you have the life you're going to experience living in that little golden cage, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller, and then eventually you find yourself living under the uh you know, living under the staircase, basically. And that's what happens to a lot of people as they get older. Some, some of you listening, you can relate to what I'm saying. It all goes back to your innate desire to connect to people, but maybe you just don't know how to do it. And we have just told you the hack for how to do it, if you want to call it a hack. Ask questions. Show interest in other people. Develop a real high-level ability to ask people questions, and that just comes through practice. That's really where all this goes. And again, those people then become your centers of influence and past clients list. Those people then become your future business. And they also become, ha-ha, really good friends to you as well. So I strongly suggest that you take this seriously. If there's anything Julie and I can do for you, my email address is tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Email us anytime if there's anything we can ever do for you guys. You know, this podcast continues to be – the most listened-to daily podcast for real estate professionals. I say in the United States because I can only look at real statistics for the United States, but I have to think it's for the world, and that's because of you guys. You guys are, you know, all the podcast listeners, you're the ones that have made this podcast something that people have just integrated into their day, right? A lot of you listen to us every single day, and, you know, you might run into us at an event or, we're going to be doing some book signings and, you know, you're going to write, maybe, you, maybe we have a conversation on the phone, you know, whatever. And it's, it's, it's always interesting when I have a conversation, especially with a podcast listener, that their initial response is disbelief that I'm actually calling them. And then the second, you know, response is, because I'd like to move past that as fast as possible, that initial response is that we're exactly like we are on the podcast in real life. Of course we are, because we believe what we're saying, because we know what we're saying is true. We know what we're saying helps people, and we know what we're saying will help you if you actually just apply it. So this podcast is a mirror of the help that we're providing to all of you because you're then sharing the podcast with other people. So that's what I'd appreciate you do. If you could take this podcast, you'd share it with some other agents. Let us help them like hopefully we're helping you. If there's anything we can do for you, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim
1: and Julie Harris.